Welcome to Supporting Supporting Cast, our new little bonus segment for Supporting Cast. This week, we won't be having any filmed episodes as our co-host Charlie Devonport is away enjoying uh, Japan and having the time of their life. So we've recorded a little bonus episode that's going to be a little bit different from the main feed. Yes, that's right. Um, I think I'm going to call it intermission in the in the you know podcast description you're not a fan of the supporting supporting no you're not a fan of a hat on a hat that's awful that's awful to me okay what about sabonis castport sabonis like sabonis sabonis yeah from basketball player oh no i was gonna say the little like the sacramento kings no i was gonna say the little freak from uh star wars one star wars one saboba oh saboba oh That would, Weird be, that, you that correct- would be Sebulba. It's a very funny thing about you that you corrected me both on the pronunciation of a famous basketball player and a little freak from Star Wars hey, 1. But, hey, I have many interests. I'm a man of, of all, all sorts of freakdom, you know? Yeah, it is I good. Can say, I, could, I could do all sorts of shit it that is people like a- find uninteresting. <laughs> uninteresting and off-putting. No, I, yeah, I right. appreciate it. I think that's a nice little uh, two quadrants that you bring to the podcast. Mm, exactly. And what do I bring? <laughs> I, I bring the jokes <laughs> sure um <laughs> so today so charlie's away she's in japan and or korea i don't know where she is at the moment i think she's in japan at the moment um so we have decided well here's the thing the the legs the, the different little connections between what we're going to do today are kind of disparate but we're going to hope that our audience will kind of come along with us. This is a real casual. This is a little fireside chat. We're keeping it cash. Cash as hell. I'm in shorts. Seamus is in... in Lincoln's the, wearing no just pants. Just in, in the tightest shorts you've ever seen. Just those things are barely hanging on. <laughs> Big oil stains around the knee. Yeah. Um, we're doing... We, we have a little bet. Uh, sure. Betting yeah. let's, system. Let's start there. This is how. So this is how we ended up at what we're going to do today. What we're going to do today. What to do today? Today at a minute or two to do was we have a betting list, which is whenever Seamus and I make a bet, the cost of losing that bet is you have to buy yourself an embarrassing blu-ray or dvd the sort of aim of every dvd on this list is it's the kind of thing that if you were to bring someone home to your house either as a guest or perhaps as a romantic partner and they would see the dvd prominently uh displayed somewhere in your place of residence they would check the exits immediately yes absolutely (laughs) (laughs) which is funny because (laughs) now we have um both bought stuff off of this list. That, yeah, that we're we've now eight replaced. in, I think, total. Four. No, 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 we're only four in. No, eight between the two of us. No, is that true? I've got three on my shelf and you've got five? No, 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 no. How many I've you only, got? I've only got two, I think. No. I've only got two. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll go through them because you have... <laughs> Uh, so it started the the, the 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 thing that started this yeah, is that we made a bet and I said if you lose this bet you have to buy <laughs> Operation Fortune Ruse de Guerre, which is a movie that no no one's really heard of. Uh, and I saw several ads for it. It weirdly was one of the few movies that came out in Australia before America for some reason. I still haven't watched it. Uh, which is apparently it's all right. It is uh, all right. 
Uh, but <laughs> the I point saw the is ads. to scare your guests, <laughs> not to destroy yourself. <laughs> so, but I saw that and I was like, that would be a very funny thing uh, for you to buy the Blu-ray of. It's a Guy Ritchie movie that came out 2020, 2022? No, it, yeah, 2022, I And believe. nobody saw it. No one saw it. Some people say it's all right. Some people say it's okay. I wouldn't know. <laughs> um, so... And then I think the second bet we had was I got you to buy the <laughs> the bad Suicide Squad movie. Which is like, that is so bad that I think anyone coming into my house would like assume it's a joke, except I am just enough of a nerd, just yeah, invested enough in comic books that people would be like, oh. oh what? And also, uh, why is that the only one that you own? <laughs> it's very funny to it me. It is good, it is um, good. Then uh, I lost a bet and I had to buy J.J. Abrams' Super 8. <laughs> <laughs> Which, look, hey, J.J. Abrams is not our favourite director. I would say that we both um, fairly actively dislike him. It's like him and Ron Howard. Yeah, not, I don't (laughs) dislike him as a man. Uh, I think he seems like a lovely guy. It's that I maybe think that his work lacks uh, substance. And uh, so buying Super 8, his passion project, um, which is maybe the least passionate passion project I've ever seen in my life, uh, was, and this is, the, this is the other difference between, you haven't watched either Operation Fortune Rooster or Suicide Squad. I've watched every movie that's come out. There's only been two, but I've watched, I've watched them basically as soon as they arrive. Well, if you're thinking at home, that seems like an unfair balance to this game. Remember, Lincoln actually wants to own DVDs and I don't have any way of playing them. <laughs> you do. <laughs> you have a PlayStation. You, I, can, you can play your DVDs. Uh, well, I, I choose to claim that the disc drive is broken. And then the last bet that we did, was there a bet in between? What's your third one? Power Rangers. Of course. Hey, that movie's all right. Um, I wouldn't know. (laughs) And then the the thing that led us to what we're doing today is the last bet that we made. I lost. We can never remember what the bets were about those those last two minutes. (laughs) But we we keep the laughing example in plastic that will last for 200,000 years. Uh, So, but was The Flash? Yeah. The uh, Muschietti movie, as I refer to it. That's as. a good that's a better way of calling it than Ezra Miller's Flash. Yeah, absolutely. So we got so I had to buy the Flash. Which meant Lincoln had to watch the, watch flash. the flash. And so Charlie was going away. I was like, I think it will be maybe funny for us to, to talk cover the about flash. the flash in some capacity. I'm going to read through the list so <sighs> our listeners can maybe play at home. If you um, start to see a theme in this list, will, guys. You will see a theme. And we should say beforehand. Please if, comment the theme below. Yeah, if, if one of your favorite movies is on this list, I do apologize. It's not really a... Um, a, a, quali- a qualification on the work it is rather how embarrassing would it be if you brought someone home and they saw this movie on your i mean the first movie so i'm going to read 20 to 1 yeah if the, fir- the first movie is a movie that i think we both like it is the dark knight trilogy christopher nolan's mm. dark knight 4k ultra hd trilogy uh, this is a yeah a, 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 we're rolling a 20 sided die to decide who like what you get when you lose this bet just right? if you were thinking this wasn't nerdy <laughs> enough we always have access to a 20-sided die. <laughs> in my bag at all times. Um, so Dark Knight, 
Good movie. That's a good movie. Good trilogy. And if I own that, so the reason it's number 20 is because the, the, the idea is that if you roll a 20, hey, maybe it's not the worst thing in the world. The main thing that's funny about it is it's horrendously expensive and will put both of us yes, into financial like $180 trouble. $180 or yeah. something like to get the real steelbook. Anyway, number 19. <laughs> number 19, American Sniper. <laughs> just, a, just a dog shit movie to have on your shelf. Uh, number, not a bad movie necessarily. No, uh, number 18, Passengers. 2016's <gasps> Passengers. <laughs> number 17, Beowulf. <laughs> I, I kind of, I'm, that's my See, favorite. that is the one. Like if, you, if, you, if someone saw Beowulf, they'd be like, Beowulf. And you're ah, like, yeah, yeah, I love that movie. <laughs> uh, number 16, Claire's knee. <laughs> if you're wondering about what that movie is, it's about a French pedophile who loves knees. No, well, no, no, no. Uh, no. <laughs> well, here's the thing that makes me all right with getting that is that I'll never explain it any other way. No, it's about, it's about a man who's like, should I be a pedophile? And then his friend being like, you gotta try it out. <laughs> and here's me checking the exits in this room. <laughs> Number 15, Ready Player One. Uh, maybe the, the beginning of the end of... Uh, uh, IP Spielberg? culture? No, no, no. no Spielberg's no, no. B- better than ever. What yeah, are you talking about? Well, Spielberg's fucking throwing heaters. Yeah, but it's the only money he's made in the uh, last 15 years. Yeah, whatever. He doesn't need money. Number 14, Dear Evan Hansen. <laughs> Number 13, Garden State. Ooh, that one's really That uh, one's really rough. That one's one I cannot roll because it will just look genuine in my life. Well, there is certainly a time in your life where I, even I liked Garden State at one point, but there was a time in your life It was where in it my was, top 10. It was yeah, one of your faves. In, very important to my life. Yeah. And that was 2 years ago, 3 years ago. Let's go 5. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> uh number 12, The Lone Ranger. Gorvabinsky's Lone Ranger. Ah, Arnie uh, Hammer. There is a th- there is a, there is two themes here. One of them is shitty, uh, shitty comic book stuff mm. that is kind of disgusting, and the other one is cancelled man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And as as we go, you'll see uh, number eleven, Rio two. <laughs> <laughs> that bird cancelled. Yeah, Rio did get cancelled between one and two. He, I'm not going to say that. Number ten, American Beauty. <laughs> That's so rough. <laughs> Getting a Blu-ray of American Beauty. Finding space on your shelf for that. Yeah. Uh, number nine, The Blomkamp Triple. The Blomkamp Triple I'm kind of uh, in, a little enthused so that's about. That's District 9, Elysium Chappie. A true, like, <laughs> a true 90 degree angle downwards. And the, re- the reason I wanted to include that is because I did find you can, you can get, like, one thing that is all of those movies. And There's a collection good. that you can get, like, 4K... Blanc triple. Here's the thing. Up until I think last week, I was 100 percent certain that the creator was going to be the fourth in the Blanc quadrilogy. Quadrilogy, (laughs) which I almost feel like, even though they're not all the same director, they could certainly be sold in the same DVD case. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, no, whatever. I'm not. I'm not here to defend Gareth Evans. I think is that his name? Um, Number eight is Kenneth Branagh's Hamlet. That's just real good. That's just real good. That, that is, I think that's from both of us being like as recovering theatre dorks. Mm, having Kenneth Branagh's Hamlet is a little bit embarrassing mm. and quite funny. <laughs> Uh, number seven, <laughs> what women want. <laughs> I always forget that that's on there. <laughs> uh, Mel, a Mel Gibson movie about Mel Gibson being able to pe- uh, read women's minds exclusively. Yeah, uh, yeah. and uh, it's not a horror. No. No, 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 it's a romantic comedy. Yeah. Number six, Planes. <laughs> Dane Cook's Planes. Dane Cook's Planes. 
Number five, a million ways to die in the West. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, Seth MacFarlane, not cancelled. No, no, no. It's just, just annoying. Just <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 true. Apologies to Seth MacFarlane. The Orville is really good. Uh, number four, Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the one that still has depth. No, 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 no. Oh, good. No, no, no depth. No depth. Good. It's, it's just one of the worst movies ever made. <laughs> it's but, just simply Oh, wait, one no, of but it does have Ezra. No, I no, it doesn't. I don't think so. No, because Ezra plays young Voldemort or like Voldemort's cousin or I don't Mr. Rem- Black. I don't remember seeing their face whatsoever. I'm a hundred percent. I'm a hundred percent sure that they got rid of. To Death, be fair, but they brought Ezra you could in. Show, you could show me twenty to thirty minutes of Secrets of Dumbledore, and I, I would be like, I never, I've never seen this before in my life. It's a real like. I'm, get, I'm getting off the Titanic only to be rescued by Amelia Earhart to get rid of Johnny Depp and bring in Ezra Miller. Okay. Uh, Number three, of course, Manhattan. Oh. (laughs) A DVD that is more dangerous on your shelf than mine, I think. Because people will be like, because I like to have good movies from the 60s and 70s. Yeah, it feels like like, you defend that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Number two, Zack Snyder's Justice League, Steelbook. Mm -hmm. More dangerous on my shelf, more upsetting for Lincoln. Yeah, much more upsetting for me to have to buy that. I've seen that movie. It's better than the non-Zack Snyder one. Okay, if you say so. We're going to be talking about it. Of course we're going to be talking about it. Well, the thing you you said to me the other day that like me watching that movie is like entropy of like eventually it will come past my face. Something will happen to you emotionally in your life that will leave you (laughs) devastated and you'll be forced to resort to it. (laughs) There is something, and I think that's kind of, I mean, kind of probably what we're talking about kind of in general today of like, there is something I I am very wary of the thing the thing that comic book movies have done to our to the film industry uh, and how it has overtaken it. But there is something about a comic book movie that just makes my brain shut off. Yeah, it's good. That I simply can't like you I can't, can't ignore. You can't I, ignore that shit. Yeah. It's good. It uh, is there. There is good stuff in those movies. Well, it's it's what we're talking about today. That's what I was saying. What we're talking about today is the way <laughs> the ways in which uh, these kind of uh, movies end up falling past my eyes. Uh, I kind of can't help it. I don't like watching them particularly, but I just do watch all of them. I, I like watching quite a lot of them. This is just a bad one, but... Oh, of course. Uh, number one, we should say. Yeah. Number one on the betting list is, of course, the steelbook of The Joker. <laughs> <laughs> I somehow still forget that's where we're at. Ooh, yeah. the boys come in. Um, Yes, so that that is our betting list. Uh, feel free to to play along at home if you do if you do want to bet among and with your please friends. Please add suggestions. Yeah, and if you want to maybe on the the comments of this or some YouTube thing that I that I put up, if you have any suggestions for us or DM us on Instagram or whatever, we're always looking for suggestions mm-hmm. for that list because we replace them fairly regularly. Every yeah. bet, <laughs> unfortunately, we spend way too much money on <laughs> on the worst Blu-rays and DVDs you've ever seen. In your Absolutely life. dog shit DVDs. And with that, I think we're going to get to our movie this week. Yes. So I so think that, that that's the setup. The whole point of this episode and where this episode is going is we were like, well, I have to watch The Flash because of this dumb bet that we made. Mm-hmm. Therefore, we need to talk about The Flash in some way because everything in my life has to be content in some capacity. Well, if anything needed the balm of content wrapped around it is exactly. the experience of watching exactly. The Flash. Uh, and so, and then we were like, but we have to do something that 
somehow relates to the premise of the show. So what we've decided to do is each come with a list of our top five supporting performances for superhero movies. Mm -hmm. It all makes sense. Everything attaches to each other perfectly. No one can shout at us about it. It, it isn't completely disparate and doesn't make any sense and was completely on a whim at the last minute because we had to figure something out while Charlie was away. It was perfectly planned, makes perfect sense, and we're two smart little boys. I also think like this could be a potential theme for bonus episodes going along is watching these terrible movies that we have on this terrible list and then forcing ourselves to talk about them and then... And coming up with some kind of ham-fisted way to kind of attach it to the central theme and of the podcast. A hundred percent. I mean, we can do supporting cast roles in Woody Allen films. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, uh, I've taken the content gun and I've put it in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> um, so with that... Seamus, let's talk about The Flash, I guess. Let's have a chat about The Um, Flash. So, let me... So, just tell me the plot of The Flash. Okay, so the plot of The Flash is uh, a plot that could be done in 30 minutes. Absolutely. It is essentially... uh, Or, say, in a couple of comic books, you might say. A couple of comic books. (laughs) Well, so the plot of The Flash, very broadly, is taken from the famous comic book, Flashpoint, in which Mm. The Flash goes back in time to try and prevent his mother's death at the hands of some unknown killer, um, which also caused his father to go to prison. In the comic book, this causes a whole bunch of uh, ripple effects where Aquaman, the Atlanteans, and the uh, Athenians um, from uh, Themyscira, they're not Athenians, sorry, the Amazonians from Themyscira go to war with each other. James's eyes have rolled back in his head. It's very, <laughs> very upsetting. And then uh, Batman is no longer regular Batman. Batman is actually... Tom Wait. Wayne, Thomas Wayne. Is that the dad or the yeah? Son? That's the dad. So, oh, ba- right. so that's so, like the like when Bruce Wayne dies, like Bruce and Martha yeah. So Wayne Bruce die, dies in the alley, and so Thomas Wayne becomes Batman. and Martha Wayne becomes the Joker. Oh, it's kind of interesting. And like, Bruce, like Thomas Wayne's away meaner Batman, and in the end of the Flashpoint. That Batman. <laughs> uh, at the end of the Flashpoint comic, um, you know, Flash of course learns his lesson, undoes all of this. This has also got a lot to do with the Reverse Flash, which is also in this movie. The Reverse Flash. Oh wait, which one's the? Is the Reverse Flash the one at the end of the movie? Is he the Reverse well, Flash? Yes, but the or actual... is the other Barry the Reverse well, Flash? Okay, one. They're all the same. What? They're the same guy. I don't what? know if you watch this movie. <laughs> um, the Reverse Flash in the movie is a guy called Ichabod Crane who read about the Flash in the future and then wanted to copy his powers so he Sorry, becomes when you said the real reverse flash <laughs> in the comic book you meant, you meant in the comic book the real human being in... Ichabod, <laughs> Ichabod wait Crane. no Ichabod that's not right Ichabod Crane's the guy the lead from Sleepy Hollow who am I thinking of <laughs> I'm gonna look this up later and come back with it but okay. it's a different he's a different you wanna guy. keep explaining well, it? that might be Professor Zoom man comic books are fun <laughs> Okay, sorry. But so this movie yes. is a, uh, is essentially the same premise where Ezra Miller's Flash mm-hmm. goes back in time mm-hmm. in order to try and prevent uh, mother's death and the conviction of his father, wrongful conviction of his father for that death, mm-hmm. and then accidentally causes a whole bunch of time rippling effects by doing that. However, in this movie, the major effect of that is that all the castings are different. Which yeah, is yeah, yeah. Is, really is that, dumb. Which is really stupid. Like, it's like, it has no effect on the world itself. Ex- all it does have effect is, on is people are cast differently and actually both cast- in world and in real life. Yeah, which is, which is, hey, I understand 
the attempt there. Like, I understand it's like, hey, we've got all this IP. Yeah. And it's like, you know what fucking idiots love is recognizing different parts of IP. I got it. And so I under, like, I totally understand that. But like, from a watching it from a movie perspective, from watching it from like my, like my emotions that I'm receiving from the movie, it is absolutely without stakes at all times <laughs> it, it is it is so it is such a um core version of that story but to go through uh, very broadly it starts with ezra miller's flash being rude to wait stuff so oh actually let's start there okay this opening cafe scene is fully insane it's terrible it's fully insane it's just the 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 it, it is a thing in in bad comedy writing where the jokes are so forced that the character saying them doesn't make any sense. Like the guy behind the the, the waiter, the guy serving yeah. him a sandwich. So yeah. Barry Miller needs a sandwich because he's running low on a Barry blood. Miller? What's his name? Barry Allen. Barry Allen, sorry. <laughs> Combined Ezra Miller and Barry Allen. Sorry. Ba Barry Allen needs... A uh, needs a sandwich because they got to charge up because they're diabetic because they they need they need high blood sugar. <laughs> well, that's the you know that's the same thing. Like he's got he's got a, he's having no. A it's not Lincoln. The Flash is not diabetic. <laughs> <laughs> that is not. How is that your takeaway? <laughs> no, he 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 chews through calories because he goes really fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like a diabetic. <laughs> you think diabetics are really quick? <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> so and then he asks for a sandwich and then he's like. Oh, you, can you give it to me really fast? He's very rude. But then the waiter's whole deal is, he, hey man, I got to take my time with the sandwich. He loves sandwiches for some reason. But he loves a chat and he's just bad. Like he's just slowing his own life down for no reason. And I don't know um, if any of you out there have ever been to a cafe in the morning. This guy does not exist. No, no, no. There's no, there's no guy working behind the counter at a cafe who's like, hey man, take it easy. He's like, here is your sandwich. Get the fuck out of my way. Also, also, why is that cafe the least busy cafe in the world? Also, why is Barry Allen's sandwich order so annoying? And why hasn't he learned the name of the curly-haired waiter at the counter? He's like, where's the curly-haired waiter? She knows my sandwich, which is like 15 ingredients. And then he makes a huge hullabaloo about like, yeah, he's this like, I've, I've got this incredibly specific sandwich order that includes like a Mars bar and two bananas. And yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. the Elvis thing that killed Elvis Presley. <laughs> yeah, it's a sandwich he's that like, killed like, Elvis Presley. And then Presley. he's like angry that the cafe guy isn't giving, giving the, it to him too far in an Ezra Miller way, which is like they are unfortunately very, very bad in this movie. Why do you mean unfortunately? <laughs> I would no, be I just, way more upset if I had to like be begrudgingly like, oh, they did a good job. But no, yeah. in this, a very bad actor. Yeah, they're, they're really, really rough. I've heard some people go like they like this interpretation of the Flash, which is crazy to me. Ooh, I will. Uh, well, growing up. I watched the, like, I didn't read a lot of comic books. I don't want to lie about that. <clears throat> but I did watch a lot of the uh, Bruce Tim DC animated universe, which is where, like, the original Adventures of Batman, Adventures of Batman and Robin, the Superman comic, and then the one that was really seminal for me, um, Justice League and Justice League Unlimited on Cartoon Network. In that, their version of Barry Allen, their version of the frat, Frash, Flash, was my absolute favorite character. Right. 
And it's all basically centralized around this one episode where it goes to Flash's hometown. And the entire episode is just that the reason he is so beloved in his hometown is because he's the only superhero that like just loves being a superhero and is really nice to everyone. Mm, that's cool. That to me, that to me, again, I'm not, not a DC person at, uh, kind of at all. Mm. But my interpretation of the Flash from the small amount of comics that I've read and all of that is that like he is lovely. Like that's yeah. like his whole thing yeah. is that, he, you know, Barry Allen is just like a nice guy. Yeah, that's... That's, that is the Barry Allen thing. Like he's a nice guy. He's got this whole forensic background, but particularly from like this Justice League interpretation, it's like he is the heart of the Justice League. In the five-man band, the Flash always plays the heart. Mm. And then you take that and you put Ezra Miller doing young Sheldon acting in mm. the center of it and then being rude to white stuff. It just, I haven't read enough comic books to say it ruins the character of the Flash, but I can say it's really fucking unappealing. Yeah, it's re- it's really upsetting to watch. <laughs> it's really upsetting to be around. <laughs> and about 40 minutes into this movie, they decide, hey, one Ezra, not enough. <laughs> one Ezra is not enough. Have two of them. <sighs> so then we've got to move on in this movie. So Flash then goes, saves a bunch of babies. Yeah, he's called by- um, Batman. Well, no, he's called initially by Alfred. Oh, Jeremy Irons, who is so sleepy in this movie. There is a thing that we've talked about recently uh, a lot. Uh, it's in Ant-Man, Quantumania and, oh. and a bunch of them. I will say- um, Old, like incredibly good uh, actors that are being like stars from the 70s, 80s and 90s mm. are being pulled into these Marvel movies. And it seems like they're in an Olympics to see who can be the sleepiest all the way through the movie. Like there is a there is a very small but very prestigious competition going on in the highest ranks of Hollywood yeah. right now for who can phone their entire performance in harder and get paid more. Yeah. And currently the front runners are... Um, Bill Murray. Bill Murray. Bill Murray in Ant-Man and Quantumania. Kind of. Simply has no idea he's in that movie. He is not, He is saying those lines with a different tone. And then I think, not Jeremy Irons in this movie, but another actor in this movie. I think we will get maybe to giving, maybe the giving most. Giving him a little li- run for his money. <laughs> Wait, what? Are we talking the about Flash. the Oh, right. It's, I see. <laughs> We're so, about the same movie. <laughs> <laughs> the Flash saves. Well, I also watch Black Adam like right after this because I love to punish myself. Uh, Pierce Brosnan also in the running. They complained to me about the entire thing. <laughs> Look, I, <laughs> I am a sick man. You are. I am a sick boy, and so I watched Black Adam. It's um very. It's not very good. I think it's much better than this movie. Mm-hmm. This movie I found um repulsive in in all sorts of ways. Black Adam is just like a bad super. It's just like a droll superhero movie that, that feels like they could have made in like two thousand and five. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's like it's not very good. It's completely out of the you know whole DC universe, so it doesn't make any difference to anything. And therefore, I was like, eh, whatever. Jean Claude Sarah is not the worst director in the world. Mm. He does a cute thing with a building that's like that probably cost a lot of money i guess mm. you know he does a bit where uh black black it's not funny like adam never uses doors what? so he just <laughs> so he just bursts through <laughs> and then at one point pierce brosnan's like well i guess they they didn't have doors in your time and he's like yeah of course they did that's how we entered every room <laughs> so he does he definitely knows what doors are but then just doesn't use them because he can just crash through walls all the time that's which is bit. an incredibly expensive bit i like it though i'm not <laughs> against not it what happens next they, uh, he has an argument with batman yeah here's Why one thing the bat- sorry i also haven't watched any uh, i've watched uh d- d- superman versus batman dawn of 
Justice. I watched that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I haven't seen <laughs> I haven't seen The Flash. Not The Flash. <laughs> I haven't seen Justice League. No, I haven't seen Justice League either cut. Don't care. I've seen both. Of course. Once on a plane and once Why in Why does COVID. the Batman cowl mm-hmm. look so fucking weird? It looks like it was melted oh. in the sun. I don't mind this one. It's just a shorter-eared one. The actual no, but it's like is... it's got like crinkles around the eyes. No, that's him. No, no, it's like, the, <laughs> no, it's like you have to design the cow. They're like stable. It's not like the cow's moving, but they've made it wrinkly. Huh. It is I'm, so upsetting. Well, it's like the Michael Myers mask. Weird. It's like they've I didn't weirdly aged it. The broad, the broad answer is that it's based off the Dark Knight Returns Batman mask, which yeah, is sure. the uh, one where Bruce Wayne's very old and biffs with Superman and then um, murders the Joker. Sure. Uh, by accident? No, the Joker kills himself. He snaps his own neck which is a really dumb scene. It's made off that comic book specifically. So it's meant to look a bit like that. I have no idea why they made him so wrinkly. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like, it's like they put it up. They were like Justice League. Now we don't have to use the Batman mask. They left it out, but someone left it in a kiln. And so they had to bring it out and they're like, well, there's nothing we can do. Well, we made this one mainly after, out of sun-dried tomatoes. I will say I like Ben Affleck's Batman. Sure. I think he's, I think he's quite good for the role. Okay. I think he's not given a lot to do in yeah. any of these movies, unfortunately. But I think he, I, I, I was like watching this Batman. I was enjoying his level of performance. He's obviously a huge nerd and loves Batman. I think he's doing good work. He's just, also in this movie. He he probably spent a day and a half on set. Well, maybe I reckon they got a week out of him. <sighs> I think it would have been a short week. He was yeah. rapping by lunch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I look. I still, I still. I know, like his character is tired in this movie but it really just seems like he's like okay and when can i go get dunkin donuts i disagree i don't i think he's doing a thing i think he's doing a lot of weird sexy acting at points what are you talking about there's a bit where he's playing bruce wayne because i think his batman's quite good his batman's like a little bit dry and a little bit funny not like actually funny but he's got he's got a sense of like he's been batmaning for a long time and has at least some sense of humor about himself which is an interpretation that I kind of like. But then his Bruce Wayne seems to be very sexy in the way he talks. He's got like a sort of side eye. He's got a really like bedroom voice. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) That is, sorry, just the most, I've never heard that particular take before. Yeah, but but... you don't seek out takes on Batman. (laughs) No, I don't. I really, really don't. (laughs) So what uh, what happens next? So he talks, uh, saves a bunch of babies. He saves a bunch of babies. Then he has an argument with Batman where he's like, I'm always cleaning up after your mess. Yeah, I hate that. I hate his. Con- I hate how whiny this Flash is about being the Flash. Yeah, absolutely. And then, and then, then what, then what happens? I don't uh, even then know. Then you just get backstory about his dad and uh, all the, uh, him being, his dad being in prison. Has a phone call on his dad where he goes and visits his old home house. And it's expl- yes. his like childhood house, and it's explained that there's some footage that could clear his dad's name, but the quality is too low, so it's so just. Then he puts work. it. Th- no, 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 no. It's not that the quality is too low. It's that his hat, his oh, dad yeah, yeah, has yeah. a hat over his, his head, face, so you can't see that. You, you can't, can't see, see that he's actually thing. out of the house during the murder. Sure, it's fine. It's uh, it's mechanical as shit. I will say, I. Probably the most famous thing about this scene, uh, this movie, is the baby scene. The CGI babies. Sure, okay. We want to talk about it more? I I found it um, so boring. (laughs) I was 
terrified of those things. Yeah, they like, do. They do look. They just look like little dolls. Like, they don't look like. They don't children. even look like dolls. There is something. It is a lot of people have said a lot about it. The Corridor crew does a great breakdown of all the things that are wrong in that CGI. Um, but there's a one final button on this scene where the baby's still in the microwave. Uh, you remember that bit? Mm -hmm. I was really surprised that they were CGIing that one as well, and it jump scared me because I assumed you could just build a safe fake microwave and put an actual baby in there to open it up at the end. But they open it and it's still a CGI baby, and I fully accidentally paused the movie. I was so shocked. I, yeah, the other thing I, I don't want to talk about bad CGI. You know, the thing about the bad CGI in this it's is not like, their fault. It's not their fault. They were not paid. No, they. It's were, Warner Brothers. They didn't fault, have though. enough time. Oh, a hundred percent. It's just like, but it, it's also it's been talked about a lot. The CGI in this movie looks like fucking garbage. Yeah, but it's not the artist's fault. We, we, it's not. We it's got nothing send, to send do with love the and solidarity to the workers that are striking. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it, the th the thing the thing that I noticed was the therapy dog that mm. is like falling as well is a completely different size to the actual dog they have at the yeah, end of the scene, yeah, yeah. which is just like that's the sort of shit that you need to do. <laughs> yeah, it's so weird. But yeah, it is a it is very bad CGI and it has got nothing to do with the artists involved. Never uh, so then, with Warner then Brothers. Barry goes to work. Sanjeev Baskar, great, I think English actor, mm -hmm. uh, character actor, is there. We love, we love. Then, oh, and then it immediately cuts to a flashback, a flashback. Hey. And there is no movie that less needs a flashback considering you are going back in time mm. in the timeline of the movie. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. so upsetting to me. I will say this child actor, unfortunately, was very good at capturing Ezra Miller energy. Yes, yes. They, they, ca they cast quite well. Yeah, there, like actually. they are doing a good job, but yeah. they're doing a good job at something that is a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> I have to shout. So then uh, Barry Allen meets an old flame of his who tries to rough, rough him up about his dad's court case, which seems bizarre. I don't know. Every scene, like, every scene involving these two characters seem to be written by a computer. Yes, absolutely. And then, But there, there is one where Ezra Miller, they say, uh, beers, beers, beers. I keep them in my fridge, <laughs> which is actually quite funny say, to me. That little that little scene, that six minutes of scene from like when she enters the apartment to the moment that he gets the idea to travel back in part mm. uh, in time, and he does like the super clean at the mm. thing. I think that is probably the best six minutes of this movie. Yeah, I guess so. Which yeah, is probably crazy because it's completely inconsequential it's in but and not very good it's the <laughs> it's, only time it's like ah six out of ten yeah uh, yeah <laughs> it's a six out of ten six minutes and it's um the only time the movie chills out at all so then they, he has to go back to his work or something and he has to find something out and then how does he end up what happens how did why does he end up going back in time so there's a lot of stuff about him like going to the court case calling his dad going back to the forensics office and being late because the forensics office is also working on his dad's case yeah blah 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 we get to introduce the two most annoying side characters in this movie which is a real achievement <laughs> sorry, sorry my dog is is trying to eat Seamus's microphone at the moment it's all right we can share and then <laughs> Dina, come here. you're picking up any sniffs at home but then he eventually gets the idea from at the end of that six minutes to travel back in time by making a very small change specifically making sure that his mother does not forget tomatoes so his That's father right. does like not the have green to... tomatoes and the blue tomatoes and he has to put the, the color is actually completely inconsequential All right. it's just very important that they say that that they say that but it's just that he's going to make so the murder of his mother happened whilst his father was out getting tomatoes for a sauce that his mother makes. Um, and he's going to make sure that 
his father never forgot to buy the, his mother never forgot to buy those tomatoes at the store so that the whole crime would be avoided because his father would be home. When you actually think about it, it doesn't make any sense. No, why wouldn't wouldn't it just end up with both his parents dead? Yeah, it would just make him Batman rather than <laughs> Flash. But that being said, it's it the premise matter. of the movie and it's fine enough. It's yeah. fine enough to start a yeah, movie. I, I, like yeah, there's no there's no real inherent problem yeah. with the premise the, the, like, okay. the core emotional stakes of Barry Allen goes home, uh, goes back in time to save his mother's life consequence ensues due to fate is a solid premise it's been done in different ways several times throughout history good idea essentially at sure. its core good yeah. idea for a movie kind of uh, the, the, the only other thing uh, the only thing is it has been done several times and so now feels a little rote but hey yeah. that's there are only so many stories you could tell. A hundred percent. So then he goes back in time mm. and then he changes that one little thing. And then when he goes forward in time, he's actually, he's accidentally come into a different universe. Is that correct? Is that what happens? He goes into a different time splinter. Or yes. He's some gone into an alternate fucking portal. He, he goes bullshit. into an alternate timeline where Michael Keaton is Batman. Superman never appeared. Wonder Woman and Aquaman also never turned up, which doesn't make any sense so then he meets the other barry allen who's like a good kid who never became the flash good now there's two ezra millers and they're both annoying and barry allen realizes it's the day that he got his superpowers so for some reason thinks that he still needs to get his alternate self to still have superpowers which uh, doesn't make any sense i i I maybe in the sense that fucking (laughs) maybe in the sense that you need to have enough superheroes to defeat Zod when he comes back. But he doesn't, know, no, he doesn't Zod's, know Zod's around. He doesn't know Zod's he doesn't around. Know Superman isn't existing yet. He's just like immediately like, better get me to have superpowers. Can I say one thing about the CGI's? Just jumping back, that is positive. I think the art direction on the cosmic treadmill, like the carousel of time, where it looks- Wow, we've never disagreed more. I think it's one of the worst looking things I've Oh, I think seen. it looks good, but I think the idea behind it- You think it looks good? Did I say good? You did. I think it looks bad. I think it's very terribly executed with the weird... um, The Unreal Engine 3 The Unreal Engine 3. They they literally just went into Gary's mod and picked out a Ben Affleck. It's really strange. It's really good. But I think the... But I think the the, idea behind that and the visual design of that is a good idea. Like I think that if executed with enough budget and enough time would have actually been quite a visually interesting way of representing traveling backwards in time in that way. Sure. Yeah. yeah. To give like the creative yeah. designers credit behind it. Absolutely. I would, I mean, I don't know. I haven't read the comics. I wouldn't be surprised if that's just exactly what it is. A hundred percent. I don't, I, I don't Some know. talented comic artist came up with that 25 years ago. Yeah. But it, uh, yeah, I think it is an intru- I think it is a good idea that is very poorly executed yeah. in this movie. There's a thing that I hate that happens that when the two Barrys are fighting and then they hit their heads together and then they uh, one of the Barrys has to glue the yeah. So that's tooth back so that's in. when so essentially the Flash accidentally uh, Barry one from the future old Ezra accidentally trying whilst trying to recreate getting powers with alternate self transfers his own Flash powers to. The past Barry, yeah. which is uh, important for the movie because it causes a problem. And during that, his tooth pops out like a piece of popcorn for some reason, and it sucks. And then it glues it back in. Isn't Barry Allen like a forensic scientist or something? Isn't he? Isn't, yeah. isn't that his job? Also, he heals. So why does he glue? Well, I guess he doesn't heal now. He's got the flash thing. Why does he glue it back in? Why does he glue, super glue it back in? Doesn't make any sense. It's gross. It's, it's not, weird. It's also it's a thing of like, look, 
movies, uh, movies. Uh, the job of cinema is not to make sense. I understand that. It's not a logic game where they're not puzzles. They are just, you know, you, you can do stuff that doesn't make sense. But it is Should something make sense. that, like, that's just, it's just not something the character would do. Mm. And it's not funny. Mm. And if both of the, if neither of those things are met, mm. <laughs> simply what are we doing And here? it's for the weakest last beat gag in the entire fucking film oh which is it is the tooth, tooth falls, falls out, out at the end and yeah. it is so sweaty and useless as a piece of filmmaking oh, there's also the thing that marty marty mcfly is eric stoltz yeah because, that's that's the old movies within this universe we're within the cast. warner brothers as long as warner brothers owns them yeah yeah well that's the thing because eric stoltz famously was replaced on yeah. um back to the future by my but it becomes by, like a plot point you know i was like it huh, just hovers around there throw for away so gag six out of ten throwaway gag and then it keeps coming back and, and it keeps and going it's so painful it's so bad so then so the two barrys now they've switched powers now have to go and talk to batman right because they're like batman still exists so now let's go talk to batman they get there oh my god it's michael keaton there is mm -hmm. a, there's something that i really dislike which is maybe just a me thing is the first time you see batman it is a stunt double doing flick, mm -hmm. flips and tricks. And no, it's just, it's not Michael Keaton. I agree. That's real. I and find it's like, that very annoying. Not that obviously st stunt people are very important to mm -hmm. the creation of uh, superheroes. Like the, they do half of the work. It is crazy to me that you're like, we're going to introduce Michael Keaton back as Batman, who was like never a big, you know, those first. He was not Batman, a karate it's guy. He's not like a karate guy. And he's then a suddenly, bruiser. Yeah, he's like, he can run, like hit hard. That's, he's got a bunch of gidgets. Thing. And he's got a bunch of gidgets. But then the first time you see him, he's like flipping around because it's this clearly 40 years younger stunt guy who does a great job flipping yeah, around, yeah. throwing pans, doing all sorts of stuff. Yeah. And then it like, and then he falls over and then you look up and it's Michael Keaton. And it's just like, that's just, that just feels so disingenuous and just like such a forced fight scene for absolutely no reason. I really dislike this movie. Also, let Batman be bald. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Michael Keaton is a balding man and he looks He was balding sick. then. Yeah, he had a receding hairline and now he's got very little hair. And here's my thing. They... Make him look like Alan Moore. Yes, he does look like Which Alan is Moore. such a strange choice. That is a strange Because Alan That's Moore wrote even... Dark Knight Returns. Yeah, yeah, and I was yeah, like, yeah, is yeah. that intentional? That's... Why are they doing this? Yeah, uh, maybe. Uh, the, we also skip past probably the, the time, the, probably the moment that I fully flipped into anger on this film, which is you cut to a Burton light version of Wayne Manor, just like the most cut and paste, mm. no juice to it, mm. doing a Burton riff, but with no talent mm. or thought. And then Ezra Miller says, what is this hell? Like just doing a comment, like just the hat on a hat thing that has plagued every single superhero movie for the last thing. And it's so painful. It's awful. Oh, it made me physically ill. Here's the thing. I reckon I could have gotten through the first 60 minutes of this movie without being too upset if it was anyone else's The Flash. Yeah, like, sure. I think up to this point, this movie is slow and kind of dumb, but not unpleasant to watch, mm. except for its core performance and characterization. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd say that the plot is also quite bad and the... Yeah, <laughs> I agree. But like, yeah, I no, could I have gotten through with it in a Black Adam kind of vibe if it wasn't for having to deal with two Ezra Millers. Mm. Um, I will say we skipped over a, a little moment that it, we get to see Tamura Morrison. And that's really, We do get really a nice. very brief moment. A, of a literal Tamura phone Morrison. call 
of Tamura Morrison living his best round the twist life in his white ha- uh, lighthouse in the White House. So then Michael Keaton's there. And you know what? Michael Keaton's a very talented and special superstar. And to give him every piece of credit he deserves, he's not phoning it in. He no, is not. He's not. No, no, no. He's not. He's not on the Olympics of guys that are paid too much to really phone it in. No, he's trying to bring everything he can to this role. Yeah. And I think for the most part, having a good time. Yeah, it seems like he's happy to be back in the cow. Yeah, which know? is nice. Which it is, is nice to see. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people have said this. It is the probably the one of the only truly redeeming factors is that Keaton's good. And then, so then they have to put the Justice League back together. So Michael Keaton's like, we have to go save Supergirl because- Superman, they think Superman's locked in a Siberian prison. Of course. So they are surprised when they meet Supergirl. Right, Ooh. okay. Yeah, so- Sure, yes. Great. Skim through what is the two two of one convincing Batman to be Batman again, one of the slowest and laziest plot points in cinema history. Yeah, a real uh, we're sp- we're just spending five minutes here for no reason. No we are good spinning reason. our goddamn wheels. Yeah, the Michael Keaton not wanting to be Batman again yeah. is absolutely uh, the the fakest plot point that has been put in a movie in the last ten years. And then one of the most like lackluster prison escape scenes you've ever seen. Mm. Uh, which goes on for a long time. A lot of this is young. Wait, who, wait, oh, the prison, the, the, the Siberian, the, the prison. Siberian yeah. prison that that Supergirl is is. So they think in. Superman is trapped in a Siberian prison in Siberia, but it's Kal R. Is it? Or, or uh, it Ka- is Kara. It is Kara L. Yeah, Ka- yeah, it's Kara L. Kara L. Rather um, than Kal L. Yeah, which is something like that. Yeah, yeah, which is uh, Superman's cousin, Supergirl. Who? It's very funny. This is not. This is just what comic books are. This is what comic books are. But of course, the idea of like it's his cousin is is very funny to me. Be spooky. (laughs) Well, I was spooked. (laughs) Yeah, she's from a colony planet. If that's of any interest to you, the one thing I will. uh, This is also during this whole wish wash of garbage. Is when Michael Keaton explains the whole like time splittingness thing that it's not you don't go back in time and then change an event which causes direct butterfly events. It's that when you travel back in time, you automatically travel into an alternate timeline where any amount of things may be different. Yeah, which is the 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 sweat justification for everything that happens Absolutely. in this movie. It's possible. It's just like, whatever. And then also, Batman eats undersourced pasta, which it's crazily undersourced. Crazily undersourced. No cheese. So he explains this whole thing using <laughs> spaghetti as a metaphor, and then the end of the scene is him putting like two scoops of sauce on, which yeah. I found actually made me hungry somehow. <laughs> well, you felt bad for my kid, and you're like, you got, that guy's got to plump up. Yeah. He's I mean, been trimming down for Batman. He's been, yeah, he has. Gotta get some gains. Looks Good in of the course suit, he looks good. Fair. It's Michael Keaton. It is Michael Keaton. He's still got one of the most beautiful mouths in Hollywood. It's it's incredible. So they save Supergirl. Supergirl gets out, and I is, think she's good. Yeah, sure. I think her voice is very good. I she's got a very commanding voice. I mean, yeah, she's given absolutely fuck all to nothing do. to do. And the first fight scene that she gets to do is the most Tekken shit I've ever seen. It like literally cuts to like Tekken shots yeah. of like them doing like little video game kind of things. I think it's very a, lackluster. It's, it's a real problem with the um, action direction of most of the DC superhero stuff is that it is defined early on by Zack Snyder's action aesthetic, which is extremely heightened to the sense that it feels like, you know, one kick, kicks people right across the entire uh, football field, which means that all of them are tied to this level of power where it feels like everything has absolutely no weight. It's just everyone hitting around a bunch of like styrofoam cutouts of goons. Yeah. And I think like 
say what you like about Marvel. Marvel started at a point in Iron Man 1 where all of the action was defined by a groundedness attempting to be sure. in a serious world, which means that even though I think a lot of the fight scenes in general kind of get worse as the Marvel Cinematic Universe goes up, goes say. on, I would there say are they some get highs and there worse. are some lows. I still think they have for the most part, a closer grounding to reality that feels like they have more weight than this fight scene. Yeah, or even they, they have a grounding in the reality that they have created. Like, yeah. they, like it seems like the fights have rules. And you like, know, whatever, like power, the powers make sense together. They mm, work off each other. They, they than, organically relate to each other yeah. and it doesn't have the problem of this one person can tear through steel like a tissue and yeah. then this other person is... Michael Keaton is <laughs> just a guy in <laughs> yeah. a bulletproof armor. There's okay. So then they have, so then they're like, okay, now we've got some of the justice league that we need. Sorry. This is the thing. The whole thing is that Zod's coming back. Michael Shannon in a performance that was literally done on his iPad while cooking a pasta dinner at home. There is no way he was on set for a single day. It is insane how little he is invested in this. And, and he's he kind of come out and said that. The big bad of the movie. It he is. is. He is Which is the also... antagonist of the movie. It's like, how awfully lazy do you need to be and how like money scrubbing do you need to be to be like we're getting Michael Shannon in for one day and then anything else we'll get he'll just record something on his iPhone and then we'll just send we'll just send it over to the CGI people this movie famously got stuck in development hell sure forever like this movie was announced I think in 2014 yeah it's like crazy how long this movie has been like building and a lot of that was they just couldn't get a script to work either enough for the writers or for the creators at Warner Brothers. Zaslav's getting his hands in there being like, no, 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 it's well, got to have Supergirl. Everyone <laughs> was just like trying to figure out what to do with a oh, Flash I just, movie. Sorry, I just remembered that. Wait, is it in this movie? No, it is in Black Adam. When <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, at the end of Black Adam, Henry Cavill shows up. Because mm. of course he does. Yeah. Uh, God, I just hate this world that we live in. <laughs> I hate these. I think the way these movies are constructed now. Yeah. I really despise them. I yeah. Think, I think it's awful. I mean, this and this movie is like the lowest of the this low. Is, I think the worst. This is. This is. I think the worst. Superhero this. Movie this I've goes ever seen. from like bad IP bullshit to actually like morally offensive. reprehensible yeah. and offensive. Feeling like a li- but. but. I didn't have a butt. I was just trying to get out of this like angry hole, to be honest. (laughs) Okay, sorry. What happens next? So then Supergirl's (laughs) back. Then they're like, okay, now we got Supergirl. But then original Flash is like, I'm going to get my powers back. Yes. I would say that the first part of this is one of my favorite things in the movie, Mm. which is I really like that the way that the Flash wants to get his powers back is he puts a bunch of chemical bottles with the same chemicals that were there and then waits for a lightning strike to hit him. This is... Straight from the comic book. That's awesome. It's why it's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and then he gets to he has to get struck twice. Yeah. Like that thing is good in the comic book and it's just straight taken out that. It's even Batman with his hand on the fl- uh, the switch. By the way, Michael Keaton looking like he's just having a ball of a time murdering Ezra Miller. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> there's, so then- there's a bit where Ezra Miller is shouting at Ezra Miller for being annoying and it's, it sh- it's almost cathartic. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, you, you should say that to yourself. You should say that to yourself a lot more. So, but this was my problem with this is like <laughs> they Barry Barry Allen has lightning strike him, and then Supergirl has to come in and then lift him up mm-hmm. and then strike him again. She has no context for what's going no, on. No, and yeah, that's the other thing is that <laughs> she she flies in through the window. She says no, 
and then she goes and witnesses Zod kill some humans and then, and then is like, and now I'm going to come back. How does she know where the Batcave is? None of the, again, this doesn't fucking matter. It's just, ugh, it's so frustrating. It's really dumb. And it's, uh, it, it is the same thing that Michael Keaton did earlier in this, like maybe 40 minutes ago, pretend to not get on board and then come back on board for no real reason. Absolutely. Um, but I do find it very funny that Supergirl flies into the room in the middle of them murdering Ezra Miller in a electric chair and then just seems to go, Oh, I get what's happening yeah, here. Yeah, that's- <laughs> so the so okay, then they're she all together. She the flashes back. No, that's how he got his powers, or that the chemicals are involved. She just thinks we're striking this guy with lightning. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds good to me. <laughs> sounds like a fun afternoon. I'm immune. So then they're they're all together. All the you know all the superheroes. The, the all the superheroes. Two Ezra Millers. <laughs> two someone flashes. we've never met, and a guy from a movie forty years ago. <laughs> this is the culmination of the DC Cinematic Universe. 10 years of work all leading up to this scene of two flashes, a a different Batman and Superman's cousin. A person who is very much cancelled, a soap opera star who no one's ever seen before. A second person who is the same cancelled guy. (laughs) And Michael Keaton just doing his best. Just doing his best. Oh man, they really planned this out like a game of chess. (laughs) They really, Zazlabs, you know, he's got his hand on the pulse. (laughs) (laughs) On the pulse of some red twine and a board. So they then fly, (laughs) they then fly and try and kill Zod, right? That's what happens. That's what happens in the next thing. So they go fly, try and kill Zod, and then it doesn't work out Mm. because Zod's got his powerful friends with him and they keep losing the battle. And so Barry Allen has to keep going back and I'm kind of just skipping through to the end of the fuck yeah, this yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, what, so yeah, they lose the first battle. So they come up with the idea of going back in time to yeah. restart the battle to try and change the events. Uh, we're treated to an extremely uh, wonderful sequence of Batman dumbassing himself to death. <laughs> yes. About three they, times. See, if this was a better movie, they'd do it more and it would be funnier. Because <laughs> there's this thing of like, it's like, oh, it's inevitable. You know, Batman has to die in this sequence. We see it twice and both times he fully could have just done it. Yeah, absolutely. Thing. He just just needed to turn left instead of right. But he's I guess, just, you know, it, that's the premise of the It just movie, seems like he's a bit of a dummy in this sequence, as is... It's also like, yeah, we haven't seen Batman do it, do anything cool. Not that he, he really had should. one fight in Siberia where yeah. he, he... He punched a, a man made of pixels. And he quoted Batman one a bunch. Oh, yeah, that's... Oh. There's a lot of quotes from... My, my least favorite is... Uh, you want to get nuts, let's get nuts. Which is instead, in, the way that he says it in 89 is like, I'm not going to do it like it's he very loud, but it's, it. like, it's like crazy. You want to get then, nuts, let's get nuts. And then in this one, he does it dramatically. You and it's like, get nuts, let's get nuts. Uh, and it um, sucks so much. He can't save it. And it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make yeah, it like it doesn't connect to the, the scene, scene that's happening. In. Not at all. Like that line in um that line in Batman One also doesn't connect to the scene that's happening at all. But that's it's really fair, funny in the way. But it's really it funny. And then it's where the immediate response is, have you ever danced with the devil in the pale <laughs> yeah, moonlight? That is, that, that's that is to be fair, the most chaotic scene of that movie. And it is so well remembered because everyone goes back to watch that movie and goes like, What the fuck just happened in that scene? And then whoever was directing this movie was like Let's reclaim it. Let's reclaim it and make it cool. Ugh. Awful. It's sickening. So they get trapped going backwards in time mm-hmm. in a happy death day to you, Groundhog Day. <laughs> no, happy death day to you. That's the, that's the one. <laughs> well, happy death day, Lisa, is specifically about dying. Sure. Where the 
an edge of tomorrow situation. They have to live, die, repeat. They have to live, die, repeat, except it's uh, not a fun version of that where you can actually change anything. It's the same things happen. Yes. Which doesn't really seem to line up with their spaghetti point of time, whatever. It's a very Doctor Who new series thing of like. That's a really good point. It's like, wait, every time you go back, aren't you in a completely separate universe that all past and all present has changed? Yeah, so it should, I guess, be George Clooney Batman the next time and then Val Kilmer Batman. But it's not, it's it's still Keaton. It doesn't, it does not track with its own logic. And then the truly sickening part of it. Oh, it'd be so sad if they got Val Kilmer in this, like, Jesus Christ. (laughs) The the man is not well. Well, they got people who are so unwell they are dead involved. So we dodged a bullet there, I guess. Because the next truly sickening part of this movie (sighs) is when Warner Brothers uses no joke YouTube footage and deep fake technology to replicate a bunch of either actors not getting involved or being paid for this. I don't believe Cage got paid for his likeness in this Nicholas film. Nicholas Cage did not get paid for I his likeness. I don't think he did. Anyway, so that, sorry. I'll the, have to. The, I'll maybe the I'll universes kind of collapse upon themselves, and so you get like black and white Batman. And yeah, then you, you get to break into the alternate alternate strands of spaghetti universe where you see which are just big balls. Yeah, they're all just different big balls that crash into the big each balls other. of I don't know. universes. You see Christopher Reeve Superman resurrected. Yeah, which is. Disgusting. <laughs> but then you see his uh, George Reeve, yeah. Superman Resurrected, which is even more disgusting. A man who died penniless and was like extremely upset with his legacy as Superman because he never got the credit that he deserved. Jesus. And they brought his face back into this world to make money long after his death. Yeah. You see Adam West, another... Well, Adam West doesn't never really held anything against the Batman thing, but it's still wrong. Uh, I, it's still wrong. It's still so... It's, it's so upsetting yeah. and dangerous and sets an awful precedent, Thank- precedent for all cinema. <laughs> like- it is a real, it, this is one of the few true reliefs of the last like cinematic age that this movie crashed and burned because if this made money. Well, I think that's the only reason that I'm okay talking about it is because as we are kind of at the start of the death knell of the superhero mm, f- movie. Certainly now, a drop off. You know, let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. It's not, let's not call it too early, but you know, we're, yeah. we're checking, we're checking superhero movies as pulse and we're concerned yeah um, well or elated <laughs> depending on your feelings the, we, we i am very happy to have one or two superhero movies a year for the rest of my life i sure. just don't need this many. there are yeah there are yeah. Uh, i love a superhero movie sure. like i love a good superhero movie i love uh, guardians of the galaxy 3 that is a movie that i really enjoyed uh spider-man uh into the spider-verse and across the spider-verse both i think masterpieces of animation and of kind of storytelling i think mm-hmm. those movies are superb spider-man 2 x x-men 2 I, all yeah, of these movies I, that we love we're also gonna about to talk we're about gonna talk about all that's why things. i was like it's okay to shit on this movie because we are about to yeah. talk about stuff that we love there are great superhero movies that have good intentions artistically and creatively and have something to say this is everything about superhero movies that people are tired of this movie is yes. The this is this is the 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 the, the nadir. It's the nadir. It's like the the ultimate. I can't stop thinking of like pus eruption from a boil. <laughs> it's so. It is. Sure. It is like this disease. It is the disease of superhero movies and IP that has for some ruined well, financially ruined independent film in some ways and well, it's, like it's ruined um, studio film studio film and ruined superhero movies for people who even like them like i love superhero movies and now it's embarrassing to talk about them have you seen quantumania i have that movie you did see quantumania that movie 
horrendous. It's not very good. It's, and are you going to go see the Marvels? No, I watch. Pro- I'm probably going to. I know see the you Marvels. will. That's the thing. <laughs> I was invested, and I got hurt. You're like, oh, the pieces are falling apart. Nom nom nom. Little crumbs of pain for Lincoln. <laughs> yeah, it's also yeah. It's it's me being sadistic and being like I sadistic to myself. Contrary. Yeah, nah, yeah, sure. And just like going to see them and being like. Tune in next week for uh, Lincoln Vickery's like huge enti- entire podcast episode about how we should all be seeing Blue Beetle. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am going to see Blue Beetle. Uh, uh, that I is DC. We've had this conversation. DC, right? Yeah. Blue Beetle. Yeah, then I don't, yeah, I don't necessarily. I'll probably see it. It's weird that you care about that. Uh, whether it's DC or Marvel. Yeah. Well, it's just, if I just like to know which, which fucking stupid universe well, I'm in. <laughs> But yeah, so I, I I went on a huge rant about that. Is there anything you want to add to that sequence of unfortunate um, I, events? I really hate it. I really hate it. It made me really sad and upset. And I'd already seen like because it had already come out. It had all, I, There is there is. I had only not seen thing, it. The only thing that I was surprised by was how out of nowhere it came. It, it was. It really like there are no stakes to it whatsoever. Mm. They're just like here is a bunch of IP. I was like, oh maybe it's like this rolling thing that even though it is disgusting in the moment feels a little revelatory or like feels mm. a little like, Oh, we've, we've kind of earned this catharsis. If you were like, to compare this to Avengers Endgame, uh-huh. which is a movie that you don't like, not particularly, but most people, uh, most people really like, I, one of the most fun I've ever had in a cinema. Sure. The on your left moment, like all the portals opening up. <laughs> Sorry. I, I don't like that either, but sure. I don't like that for different reasons though. Sure. That's not the same thing. That's they well, did a I'm thing d- and they were, well, yeah, it was, but that's it. Like yeah. that's the equivalent. It's a really long earned thing where a lot of the, like the whole two movies were built so that you could have a moment where all the superheroes from all the different franchises turn up and it's actual moment of joy and like catharsis catharsis where this is out of nowhere all of these faces you recognize from movies that aren't even involved in the creation of this film aren't Mm. involved involved in the creation of this universe are just shoved in to get you to applaud as if it has any of the weight of like Mm. A movie like Endgame, which is not a masterpiece of cinema, but a much, much better film than this, objectively. Yes, I I think I would have to agree that (laughs) Avengers Endgame is a better movie than The Flash. (laughs) Uh, As much as I would would love to be contrarian, there is simply no way. Uh, so uh, then, so then the anti-Flash or whatever his name is, he yeah, pops up. He's really covered in swords or whatever, and then he's like, "I'm gonna kill you, Flash!" And then they realize that they're best friends, and then he kills one of them, but the other one's fine. That's some shit like that it, happens. It is it is completely confusing in the scene as to what each Flash's motivation in that it's moment also, is. Now there are three Ezra, Ezra Millers, and one of them's old. <laughs> yeah, and for some reason dressed as Doomsday from Batman. Yeah, vs. I, I, I don't know. I don't it's know. It's really going. weird. Anyway. that uh, like a running complaint about the DC Cinematic Universe was that all of the villains looked grey and like big grey bulky boring pieces of shit and they were like ah we've got the Flash as a bad guy do you know how we distinguish him (laughs) rather than making him making the Flash cool to look at it's like let's make them fucking awful a big bulky grey piece (laughs) of shit a a shard of grey metal and like be real sweaty about justifying the fact that he looks like a big bulky grey piece of shit for some reason yeah because the the he keeps on phasing through pieces of shrapnel yeah which is almost 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 a cool idea almost a cool idea that like he's been doing the same war so long that he's fused with the war it's just so terribly executed and justified and Mm. built up to and looks like garbage looks like garbage and it's not it's not the artist's fault it's just a very bad choice. Bad choice. 
So then they, they're, so then uh, Barry one, goes back in time. Barry, well, uh, then one of the Barrys, the old Barry, Ebenezer Scrooge Barry, kills young Barry so that original Barry is still alive. Is that correct? Yes, some, for some shit reason. like that. Then original Barry, now that that curse has been lifted off his back, can now go back in time, talk to his mum. Okay. This is one of the most bizarre scenes I've ever seen in my life. I think it is very poorly acted uh, by Ezra Miller and is feels like it's written by someone who's never been in a grocery store. Because here's this person that comes up to this woman that taps her on the shoulder and is like, hey, and then starts crying for no reason. It's the If that happened to me, I would be walking away so quickly because she doesn't know who this person is. She doesn't fucking know. And so she, then she's like, oh, she sees that I'm your mom, like emotionally in some sort of way. Oh, it's so fucking bad. Anyway. I almost felt something. Oh. <laughs> I didn't because it was so poorly constructed and all of those things you said are true and everything in the movie. But if that had been the climax of a movie that was actually focused on sure, their sure, relationship. Sure. And that scene wasn't fucking written so written so weird but the the essential idea of him saying goodbye to his mom um in that situation having to make this decision to save the world to having to accept his mom's death in order to save the entire world yeah is an uh, a good emotional climax to a different movie that i almost made me go that could have been something i felt a little bit of something particularly from the mother's performance who i th think is very good yeah, she's very good in the struggling movie. through a like you said banana script but doing her dandest. It's also there is there is many scenes in this movie that seemed like they shot four different scripts because yeah. they didn't know what they wanted yeah. or whatever, and then they're cutting in between it in the edit yeah. rather than having the script written. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but it just feels like this hodgepodge, like within a scene, mm -hmm. feels like it's collated together. It's a headache. By it's a headache. A company forty five you know you know 45 four five, times 40, four or five months down the line where they're like oh actually i think the scene should be about this lucky we've mm. got this scene 45 times you know yeah. what i mean so he puts the can of tomatoes back on the shelf so that his mother will eventually die and then he makes the very strange decision of moving the can of tomatoes to the top shelf so his father looks up looks up which means he didn't learn shit didn't learn anything didn't learn a single fucking thing yeah could he have like learned some corroborating evidence from the time? Maybe like found it like at that. Go maybe find out who the killer is. Yeah, there's maybe. a lot of things that you he could have done in that moment that didn't go counter entirely to everything that he's meant to have fucking learned in this movie. Yes, which is a real yeah. It's a real mess. It's a real mess of a movie. Yeah, it's like the the premise of the movie, like the 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 point of the movie, the Robert McKee story kind of pre like premise should be. Sometimes you like, no matter how powerful you are, mm. you have to let things happen. You sometimes. can't save everyone. You can't save that everyone. That is a good core thing for a superhero movie. Absolutely. To be about. One of the few th scenes that I think is kind of good is um the the flashback, unfortunately, to Ezra Miller, early Ezra Miller in the shitty Flash, having to accept and only save one kid from sure. the destruction of Metropolis. That scene by itself, I was like, once again could be from a completely different, could literally be from a different movie, could have been from a Flash origin movie, which frankly, I would have just preferred. Give the Flash his movie, don't make it a bad Flash movie. Yeah. But yeah, that is almost, a, that is a good scene that is thematically in line with what this movie should be about. And then there is 50 to 90 minutes of IP and drivel. 
mm. in between those three scenes that make a movie. Mm. Cool. Okay. Flash for president. That's the fucking flash. That's the fucking flash. And it has one of the dumbest end reveals of the movie that for some reason, George Clooney is now cast as Batman. Yeah. Right. Because of course, he's now in he, a different strand of spaghetti. He's in a different strand of spaghetti, even though, whatever. Yeah. George, you think George Clooney is going to come back? Fuck. No. You think no, George Clooney is going to do it? Well, it's all under James Gunn now. Yeah. Yeah. So none of it matters anyway. It Nothing so matters. Crazy. <laughs> it is so crazy how hard this movie worked to reset a universe that was already like on its last legs, but it was like, we're going to reset a universe. We're going to reset the universe. We're going to make the entire Flash movie about us starting again. Absolutely. And then everything is so everything inconsequential is like, and get rid of it not just a regular inconsequential but a different inconsequential now it's, it's the blue beetles time to no, the blue beetles know, also not it's up. crazy it doesn't make it's such a mess oh god i really like james gunn as a creator i'm stoked to potentially see a superman maybe that movie will be good maybe he'll make a lot of great movies i so far haven't in, haven't not enjoyed a james gunn movie sure in my life which is not something I can say about many creators. Scooby Doo is a great movie. Scooby Doo one is a great movie. Scooby Doo Scooby Doo two is not a bad movie. Either. I don't think James Gunn wrote Scooby Doo two. I think he wrote it, but he didn't direct it, right? He didn't direct the first one either. He just wrote the first one. No, he directed the first one. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay, great. Yeah. Anyway, I like James Gunn. Yeah. I'm uh, Jimmy Gunn. It's a Slither. good choice. Good of, movie. Great movie. The Suicide Squad. Great sure. movie. The first one. You like the. <laughs> I'm, but yeah, he's got his work cut out for him. Hmm, it's gonna be really hard. Yeah. So now let's go. We're we're tying everything back together to the original premise of the podcast, and we're gonna talk about. We've each got a <sighs> list of the five best supporting performances in superhero movies. Yeah. Now, there's a couple of problems with this list. We've given ourselves some rules. Yes. They are. Obviously, no main villain. You cannot be the main villain and it cannot be the love interest. Yes. Can't be Gwyneth Paltrow. Can't be Kirsten Dunst. Yeah. Can't be those people. Already cutting out like a bunch of wonderful uh, character actors. Ama- amazing character actors who we love uh, that we... Uh, I, I think top of this, this would be like uh, uh, Chuck Woody Awuji. Chuck Woody Awuji. Chuck Woody Awuji. Like that is one of my favorite uh, I, I, compl- I didn't even think about that. That yes, is one of my absolutely. favorite performances of the last five years. Yeah. It's it a wonderful So incredible. It also gets rid of, let's just do this now so we can say these yeah, names. Yeah, yeah. Gets rid of Nick Nolte from Ang Lee's Hulk, which <laughs> I think is an absolutely extraordinary Oscar-worthy performance. A hundred percent. Like, I, and, But that's the thing. These are the villains. Colin Farrell in Daredevil. Also on my <laughs> list. I would have almost accepted him because technically Ving Rhames Oh, oh, uh, okay. sorry, Michael Clark Duncan. Fuck. Uh, is, do I need is, to change? No, I don't. Michael Clark Duncan is uh, kingpin in that. Yeah. He's also doing a wonderful thing and also has a scene where I, as a child, thought he got kicked so hard and <laughs> his testicles exploded into rose petals because that movie is shot really weirdly. And it's very confusing as what happens. Uh, <laughs> Chronologically, the sequence is Daredevil kicks him in the nuts and then we see blood and rose petals on the floor, <laughs> which blew my mind as a child and made me really worried about what would happen if I got kicked too hard in the nuts. That is what happens. Uh, it also means, so there's another really big one that is, I, I couldn't use Larry Drake from Darkman. Who plays Durant? I in knew. Dark I love, and I would have. That would have been. I knew Darkman was on the list. Uh, I'm amazed that Darkman isn't in the list. No, because it's just hit, like it is him and Liam Neeson are the two performances. They are so good. Uh, and then we also lose Brian Cox from X Men Two, which I knew would be off your list. Yeah, uh, Brian Cox in X Men Two is plays doing striker. He's just doing such a wonderful job as a American 
agent with a <laughs> thick Scottish accent for no reason. <laughs> he loves to do it. I made you Wolverine. Okay, so the way that we're going to do this is uh, we'll start with you. You do your number five. Yeah, well, back, go, and back and forth. Yeah, back and forth. And then we're going to go to number two and then we're going to do our honorable mentions and then we're going to do number one. If you've ever right? seen a watch mojo list, it's that structure. Okay, I've never seen a watch mojo list, but that sounds good to me. Okay, okay. so Seamus, you're... Number five, and, and this is the thing. Okay, here's what the prediction that I want to make right now. I think we share the number one. Uh, we have. I have no idea of either uh, of your lists. I well, certainly my number one is going to be on your list. If okay, and I think you. Okay, 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 okay. Uh, let's not. Let, I'm very excited. I have my. <laughs> I have my alts as well. But here we go. Number five. Will I am as John Wraith and X Men Wolverine Origins. <laughs> That's I. I that is great. That is awesome. He was on. I want to see if I, no. He's no longer on my honorable mentions list. But I absolutely just say that clearly. Into Will the mic. I am as John Wraith in X Men Wolverine Origins. He is good in that movie. He's good in he's that movie. Good in that movie. He's and you weren't allowed Liv Schreiber in that movie, which Liv is one Schreiber, of your favorite performances of all time. Honest to God, like when like you were like Brian Cox, I love. Love Brian Cox in that movie. Lee Schreiber would be my pick, one hundred percent. He'd be my number one. Yeah. He's so good in that he movie really in that for movie. no reason. Everyone is so good in yeah. that movie Will for I no am reason. Destroys. Will I am destroys. He also gives he so his power is to teleport around. Yeah. And what is his? He's fighting Lee Schreiber, who's playing Sabretooth, and his character. <laughs> his character facilitates one of the coldest lines in cinema history, which is where. <laughs> Which is where he's teleporting around Sabretooth, punching him in the face, and Leaf Driver just turns around and puts his hands through him mid-teleport and grabs a hold of his spine and goes, Ah, oh, John, turns out you did have a spine. Problem with you is you're too predictable. And then rips his goddamn spine out of his back. It's really, really good. It's really good. And then <laughs> Gambit turns up and he's so bad. Yeah. Ah, oh, Gambit. We oh, love Gambit. We love Gambit. Okay. Uh, love that movie. Okay, well, love that movie isn't interesting. It's a strong... Look, I love that movie. And I think that movie is 60 minutes of a great movie. Yeah, the first 60 minutes of X-Men Wolverine, we've had this conversation many times, is a good movie. Yeah. And then there is another 75 minutes. <laughs> it's just all over the place. So, my number five. The other, th you know, the other thing is that I've got... We were talking about superhero movies. A lot of these are big names. Because I've been trying, even trying the, to avoid too many big yeah, names. Yeah, right. I, I think I'm all big names. That's good. Because, like, one I was thinking about was Karen Gillan in the first Guardians Absolutely. of the Galaxy. But she, here's the thing that the other problem with superhero movies, if you nail, and this is one nice thing with support, uh, supporting cast on superhero movies, sure. is that if you nail a supporting cast role, Odds on, you'll get a TV series, or you'll get more roles. You'll get some in. bullshit, or you're already signed on. Actually, to do your well, life is already signed away. For... I don't know if Karen Gillan was necessarily. I think James Gunn had a good plan for Nebula. No, but... She would have had. She would have had a multi-picture deal. Yeah, that's but how she, they always do it. But she got... they can get out of very easily if no one likes her. But yeah. she cannot get out. Yeah, of. but it is a nice thing of like when you do crush that supporting role, you have somewhere to go. Yeah, and Karen Gillan was one where I was like, definitely could could have been on the list. If there weren't three more Guardians of the Galaxy films. Yeah. Um, so my number five is Stanley Tucci as Abraham Erskine 
in Captain America, the That's first Avenger. A great pick. Thank you I so can't much. believe I didn't think of the two. I thought of um, Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah, yeah, that, that's also a great pick. Tommy yeah, Lee Jones yeah, is yeah. so good. But Tucci gives the monologue where like Captain America's like, why me? And he and then he tells this long story and yeah. like, goes into a flashback and it goes into this thing. That's and a he's great like, because pick. I don't want you to lose your heart. And it's Stanley Tucci doing a very light little accent that is just enough to get a you behind the a superhero movie. Yeah. It is a delight, an uh, absolute he, delight. A wonderful pick that I can't believe didn't pop into my head. Hey, that I love, first Captain America movie, kind of good. Yeah, I, great. It's, I think it might be my favorite superhero movie. No, That's of, not, of the of the Marvels. Marvel. Yeah, sure. Like sure. you know, Iron Man one, Iron Man three, Captain America, all kind of. In that's the a first. fun pick. Yeah, I, love I, that I think movie. that's totally fair. Joe Johnston, your guy. I really like Joe Johnson. I've yeah. seen like barely any Joe Johnson movies. No, we did it. We did this we the did other this, day where actually quite a few. you've accidentally seen, seen like seventy five percent of his work. Yeah, and he hasn't I want to see it. Movies. And I want to see everything yeah. he hasn't. Um, okay, no, your number four. Number please. four. Now this is probably the largest role. Okay. Um, I've, yeah, that mine is too. in my, my film four is as well. I would say that she is the fourth or fifth lead in this movie. Okay, a movie that is. Full of great supporting performances, but I really wanted to give it to Linda Cardellini. 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 That yes. was autocorrect. Linda Cardellini as Carol the Bowler in Mystery Man. That so okay. I tried so hard to put a Mystery Man, but I had a thing of like I don't actually want to put a superhero in, even though I do kind of have one. Uh, right. <laughs> but I right, was like, right. I'm going to try and avoid oh, I've super got plenty, people. I've got plenty of super people, yeah, but yeah, I'm yeah, just yeah, going yeah. for like lower build in mind. That's a great pick. She is so good in that movie. She's I, so good in that I movie. rewatched that movie last night to try and determine awesome. if she was too uh, big. And she, I also thought of rewatching Mystery Men to be like, I'm just going to see if I can find someone in Mystery Men. You absolutely could have found yeah. a ton. Um, the guy that plays the publisher is great. God, the guy that plays Mr. Amazing, what's his name? Not Kirk Douglas. He's the dad from Little Miss Sunshine. Greg Kinnear. Greg, Greg Kinnear. Kinnear. I, did, did, I, did, I wasn't looking it up. It did come nice, to me. Nice. I got there. Greg Kinnear is so good in that movie. <laughs> okay. the, every supporting cast is great in that movie. Yeah. The movie hasn't aged perfectly. Sure, I would imagine not. A little bit sexist, a little bit racist. Sure. So it, it, it does a weird thing, which is a lot of racial stereotypes, but specifically because it's parodying comic books of like the 80s that are doing that. It doesn't excuse it, but it's like a weird thing of like, we're parodying a stereotype right. of a stereo. It's very strange. Sure. Um, still worth a watch. Yeah. Absolutely. Worth a watch if you like um, Linda uh, Cardellini, certainly, who I mean, crushes this role doing quite a serious, but not a serious performance, but like does some good work playing. Takes a, it seriously in a yeah, dumb movie. Yeah, she's playing against um, a bowling ball with a skull in it, pretending that it's her father, and she crushes that. That's awesome. It's great. That's a uh, great pick. Great it's a, pick. It's a great okay. character. Number four. This Okay, and this is going to be the one that you're like, is that allowed? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, number four. Mahershala Ali as Uncle Aaron slash the Prowler in Into the Spider-Verse. Oh. He's not yep. the main villain because yep. Wilson Fisk yep. is the main villain. Accepted. It Accepted. Was... <laughs> no, he's a hench. He's, he's a hench. He's a great henchman. That's such a good pick. Thank I was you. looking at Into the Spider-Verse and I was like, there's just so many. I mean, I yeah, you can frankly, kind of choose anyone. Uh, Spider-Punk would yeah, be a absolutely. wonderful pick. Yeah, Daniel Kaluuya. Oh, he's great um, in that. But yes, I, I was a, like, a I think pick. Uncle Aaron is... One of the great kind of comic book characters, yeah. like in the past, what, however many years or whatever. Yeah, I just think, and I was like, I really wanted to, and also just Mahershala Ali is just one so of good, just a wonderful actor. pick. Uh, he is 
fantastic in that movie. I'm really excited that, uh, small spoilers, it looks like we're going to be able to see him again yes. in the third one yes. when that comes out in 2035. Yeah. Well, unless the the artists unionize, in which case it'll be 2045, yeah, which I, is what it should be. Which, which is, is what it should it. be. I will wait. I will wait. Yeah, I will wait. I'm in no rush. Give Lord Miller time on the script. Give the artist time. Hey, you know what the... I can watch? The first two movies a bunch. And it will be great. Um, yeah, 100%. He is great in that. His theme is fantastic in yes. that, in The Prowler. And I think he has probably the uh, the second best fight scene of that movie, which sure, is the yeah. chase scene between Miles and yeah. Aaron. An incredible voice performance. Incredible. And I, Emotionally yeah. grounding for the movie. Yeah. yeah. Very grounding. Yeah, the movie doesn't work without him at all. So, your number three on this list. Now, this would be... This is an interesting thing, because I, uh, I would argue... <laughs> that it could be too big. Okay. Except for one thing. I'm going to pick Doug Jones as Abe Sapien oh, in Hellboy. That's um, a wonderful choice. You're totally fine. That's to- that totally Because he's like the third, he's yeah. the third or fourth fiddle. Yeah. But the interesting thing about him is he's dubbed over by David Hyde Pierce. Oh. But shout out to David Hyde Pierce here. He refused a credit on the movie because he considered the performance too much Jones's. He was like, yeah, no, right. this is Jones. Don't credit me. Credit Doug Jones as Abe Sapien, not I me. did not know that. And, I know. And here's, here's what I think is allowed. They you, both get it. You both, they both get it. I think That's it's a, a joint lo- win. I think. Fuck, I did not think yeah. about Abe Sapien. He is, he my is my f- absolute boy. Favorite character from that movie. Fucking love that guy. I love a weird fish boy. Yeah. I'm playing a weird fish boy He's, in our current D&D campaign. That's true, you and are. And there's a lot of Abe in that guy. Yes. I love that performance. I love it physically. His name is Abe Sapien. That's just a good name. It's just a great name for a fish guy. <laughs> yeah absolutely um so yeah big great uh, choice great great movie great performance or great two performances yeah so my number three is also risky (laughs) 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 mood of thunders because as soon as i set rules for myself i'm like but how can i play around with these rules (laughs) so my number three Viola Davis, Amanda oh, Waller in no, general. No, that one I, I took off my list specifically because no. Well, I mean, is, she, is she the main? She's never the main she's villain. She's the main villain in in what? Uh, the Suicide Squad. Oh, Which one? The original one. Technically, she's uh, the she's main. Not the main. No, villain. Enchantress is the main antagonist. Yeah, I just, I just. It's a, also the thing is here's the thing. Viola Davis, one of our greatest living actors i'm not arguing against that no 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 <laughs> let's be clear that's not, not why i'm mad i'm not like viola davis has, she doesn't deserve to be in this list with abe <laughs> has been stuck in the fucking dc universe giving performances over an iphone for i don't know eight years something like that stuck making millions of dollars <laughs> for 48 minutes work i feel for her but what i'm saying is she pops up in black adam <laughs> for, for like maybe 35 seconds and i was like now that's a movie star and for <sighs> that reason viola davis as amanda waller in general I'm taking it. <laughs> I can replace it if you really want. No, but I think no, that no. Take it, take it, and run, you cheeky little boy. <laughs> I she, she's the best. She's the best in everything. She's great at Amanda Waller. She's great. She's in fucking ten shit movies. <laughs> Look, yeah, yes, she's wonderful. Not my, not my argument. <laughs> <laughs> no, what you're saying is you hate the actress 
Viola Davis. Oh, I mean, no, I'm not even. I'm <laughs> not, not even going to. I'm not even going to make a violin joke here. Um, okay, your number dos. My number two. Bruce Campbell, specifically as the French waiter in Spider-Man Three. <laughs> That's awesome. That's a great pick. There is so like he. So if you don't know, Bruce Campbell plays tiny supporting roles in all three Spider-Mans. He plays the wrestling announcement in Spider-Man 1. He plays uh, the French waiter in Spider-Man 3. And in Spider-Man 2, I believe he plays a grumpy guy getting a pizza. No, he plays a weird, rude bank teller. Um, <laughs> yes, that's right. Yeah. But he's fantastic in all of those roles. And he, But his, his Spider-Man 3 role, he's doing a terrible French accent, which sort of sparked the fan theory that he is, in fact, Mysterio in all of these movies, stalking <laughs> Spider-Man, because the French accent is so bad that everyone's like, that's a fake French accent. <laughs> no, 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 no. Bruce Campbell's just not an accent. Well, guy. no, but he also has like, oh, you could ask me about love. I am French, you know, <laughs> which is an incredible line that I would put money on Bruce making up. Oh. And famously in a discarded concept artwork for Spider-Man 4, which would have been directed by Sam Remy, he was the face that Sam Remy based Mysterio on as he was getting arrested. Right. So there is some canonicity to the idea that Bruce Campbell would have gone on to be Mysterio, Mysterio in the fourth in movie. Fourth, in the mysterious fourth movie that was never really But I'll be happen. clear, I am not crediting him as Mysterio. No, no, no. You are saying the French the waiter. The French waiter in <laughs> Spider-Man 3. That's great. Yeah. My number two is Ben Mendelsohn as John Daggett in Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> I really thought you were going to go Ben Mendelsohn as... No, as the Skrull. The Skrull. No, 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 no. That, that's, uh, that's too big a performance. Sure. John Daggett. John Daggett. Here we go. Little shitbag. The little shitbag who gets the line, I'm in charge, before Bane says, do you feel in charge? He says, do you feel in control? Yeah, right. Uh, uh, as he lays his hand on John Daggett's shoulder like a wet fish. Yeah. Uh, and it's a wonderful performance. And then, and then you hear Ben Mendelsohn screaming. <laughs> it's great. He is really, really good in that. He's incredible. He's just the fucking best. Yeah, he's fantastic in that. He's fantastic in everything. Um, it is true. That actually dovetails quite well into our honourable mentions. Okay, great. Yes, I, I, it does well for me as well. Uh, or so, it will do. So you go through all your honourables and then I'll go I through I will start with a little segue you sell, uh, set me up here. Um, Thomas Wilkinson in Batman Begins as Carmen Falcone. Oh my God, I completely forgot about that. Tom He's Wilkinson, so, baby. He was the close, by far the closest yeah, to yeah, yeah. bottoming out my list. Um, his like performance when he's being arrested, he's like, dark, it feels like the walls are closing in on me. I'm going crazy. He's <laughs> not a bad Wilkinson. Ah, the whole world's full. No, I'm not going to do my <laughs> Wilkinson. <laughs> um, he's fantastic in that um, sequence between him and Cillian Murphy. Yeah. Where he comes in, uh, where he comes in trying to pretend to be crazy, and Sylvia Murphy actually sprays him with fear gas and makes him mentally um, unwell. That's a great performance. Great performance. Uh, one of my. Would you like to give one of yours? No, no. I think I yeah, think okay. you just you just run down. Your uh, list. Rosemary Harris as Aunt May was Spider Man was too. very close to my very list. close. Didn't actually make my honorable mentions, but there's a reason for that. Um, Julie Andrews as the big fish in Aquaman. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm so upset that I didn't think about that. So close <laughs> to being on my list, only removed from being classed as supporting cast because she's goddamn Julie Andrews. Oh, that is so upsetting. And finally, my last one was uh, Rebecca Roman in X2, who plays Mystique. 
Oh, right. Yeah, Before uh, Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah, who gets a lot of like credit for doing a very good performance, but is the more famous mystique. I think Rebecca Roman is really good in those movies and not given a lot to do. Yeah. She's kind of just playing Magneto's sexy girlfriend. Sure. But <laughs> played in such a way that it seems like they're more... Um... It's like a sub-dom relationship sort no, of thing? No, it's, it's more like they're just friends. Oh, cool. I feel, like, <laughs> I feel like in the second one particularly, it's Ian McKellen being a little bit like, a little bit sort of sassy about the other yeah. X-Men in the scene and they sort of giggle together. I really like their vibe in those yeah, movies. Cool. There's a bit where they whisper to each other and then laugh at Pyro. <laughs> Sure. It's a great scene. It's so, a great movie. A couple of my honorable mentions. Uh, Clark Gregg as Agent Coulson in The Avengers. Yes. Classic Fair. victim of becoming a main character. Yeah, it was like becomes Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So I was like, don't want to include him. 100%. Uh, Winston Duke as Mbako. Very Mbaku good performance. In Black Panther. He's just the fucking best. He's always good. He's so fucking good in everything. I had... Michael Pena in Ant-Man. I also had Michael Pena on my list just yeah. to make my honorable mentions. Uh, Best part of that movie. Absolutely. I also had Bern Gorman in The Dark Knight Rises, who is the guy that Ben Mendelsohn says I'm in charge to and yeah. who walks off and hears who's Ben Mendelsohn cr- getting... who's Who just has one of the greatest faces in all of cinema. Yeah, he's the little rat guy from Torchwood and Game of Thrones. Yes. You can't remember him. Yes. Um, I also had William Fickner in Dark Knights, who's the yes. guy who's in the... Uh, first bank robbery scene with a shotgun that tries to shoot Joker and then gets a smoke grenade put in his mouth. Yeah, that's great. And then my last one was Chris Christopherson in Blade. <laughs> great it's choice. Like, just like, he's just, that's just third fucking build. one of the, yeah, he is third build. Yeah. So, but I was like, still fits in our rules, but yeah, 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 yeah. slightly less so. Okay. Number one. Who are, do you want to, you do want to, do you want to say it at the same time? No, no, no. Cause I think we know. Three, two, one. Jamon Honsu. <laughs> How did you not think I was going to hit Jamon? Oh, I, I thought I thought you were going to do it way earlier in the list. No, no, no. It is fucked up that you don't have J.K. Simmons as J. Jonah Jameson in Spider-Man 1 and 2. One uh, of the greatest performances of all time. 100%. I agree. But oh. also, Jamon Honsu as Papa Midnight in Constantine. You think I, Constantine's not making it but, on my but, list? But you had five. I was like, I know, I know Jamon Honsu is going to make it. All of these were important. Well... I I had to pick one. That spi- means you get rid I of had Je- no. I J. had K. to pick. I had to pick one Spider Man, and do you know who it was? Bruce, Bruce Campbell, Campbell is fair. the French waiter. That's fair. I understand that. A great look. J.K. Simmons. Incredible. As J. Jonah Jameson. One of the best castings. One of the best castings. One of the best performances. Some of the best hair. In, in history. In history. One of the, probably the most accurately and best cast comic book character outside of maybe uh, Patrick Stewart as Professor The X. Blue Beetle. What? <laughs> but. Jamon Honsu as Papa Midnight in yeah. Constantine is, I think, I, a little bit of uh, background on this podcast. The first guy I said when you explained the premise of supporting cast to was Jamon Honsu. Mm. He is one of my favorite supporting cast. He is arguably too big to be featured on the podcast now. He's finally getting the kind of recognition that he deserves. He's always had a great career in South African mm. um, cinema. And he was, you know, he, he broke out in Blood Diamond in particular, where he would have been third build, I think, third or Something second like build. That, yeah. um, but he has been crushing it in supporting roles in movies for 20 odd years or so. And the first place that I saw him was in Constantine as Papa Midnight. And he just comes in and he plays this strange sorcerer that runs a club that has all these magical items in his house and helps Constantine communicate with hell and he crushes every second he's on scene on screen <laughs> yeah absolutely I, yeah. as does joe jay jane joe jana jameson joe, joe jk Jaina simmons, Jaina Simmons. 
<laughs> and those are our lists. Let us know how we did. Put your own lists in the comments please, or whatever. Please pitch us more because, like, there are so many. Yeah, there, there are, there are. So that was that was our big. That's the message that I sent you the other day when I was like, "Hey, this is a." huge task that we've asked ourselves yeah. to do in i don't know three days before. i had i wrote a list of 20 on my whiteboard and then I had to just rank yeah. like there were there were so there were about 15 eight rank eight out of tens on my list that mm. could have made it in it was a real close running things and i mentioned half of them anyway yeah but there are more out there that please just like shoot them in the comments yeah sure um, also, let, let us know what you think about this sort of format of like a much kind of loosey-goosey uh, because I think when Charlie gets back, we will continue to do this sort of thing maybe in between little mini series mm. and stuff like that. Uh, let us know if, if this absolutely bizarre kind of train train wreck through through different little bits and bobs is is interesting or whatever. Yeah. A little bit more of a casual vibe. Maybe at some point we may end up putting this as bonus content behind a Patreon. Yeah, or it might the be the sort of thing that kind of falls in the in between weeks or something. Yeah, or, yeah, you yeah. Know, yeah. Something's a bit easier know. to create. But yeah, let us know. Let us know if you want more of this supporting supporting cast content hmm, or the uh, supporting cast intermission. <laughs> Intermission, famous movie thing. Yes. Very, oh, oh my God, I'm going to slap you in your face. It is a very famous movie thing. Uh, yes, everyone thinks about intermissions when they go to see a movie. <laughs> they had intermissions. <laughs> Not famous for theatre at all. <laughs> Welcome to our theatre podcast. Next week we're covering... Yeah, name one play. <laughs> Asshole. Next week we are covering Dear Evan Hansen at Sydney Theatre Company in 2023. <laughs> for whenever it's coming out. <laughs> That's it from us. Thank you so much. Please rate, ru <laughs> rate ruin, and review. <laughs> Please rate, ruin us, and review on iTunes. It does respectfully. Help with, uh, respectfully rate, ruin, and review us. Uh, and then because <laughs> uh, it helps us get up in the stuff. Helps us get up. It helps us get up in the morning. Maybe you leave a nice review. We can read. We can say that's well, nice. Give me my review for breakfast. Uh, and follow us on Instagram. We're at Sporting Cast. And on Twitter and on TikTok, we're all on the same thing. Yeah, you can find thumb. us wherever you can find your podcast on a supporting cast. Uh, recommend us to your friends. And remember, as always, support your, your friends. friends. <laughs>